Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to All Things Therapy. I am your host, Lisa Tahir. It is just us today, and I am really happy to do this solo show. I'm motivated by things that I've been observing since 2019, actually, and it started to really come together for me yesterday, what I wanted to talk with you about and share and even receive feedback on if you'd be willing to reach out. And um, I'll weave in, you know, you might know my website. It's nolatherapy.com, New Orleans, Los Angeles, therapy.com is what it stands for. I am a licensed therapist. I'm available to work with you. I do all virtual sessions through phone, Zoom, FaceTime, or Skype. Definitely reach out. Lisa at nolatherapy is my email. Lisa at nolatherapy.com, through my website, and additionally on social media, I am at nolatherapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My link tree will direct you to a link to book sessions, order my book, listen to this podcast, check out a Mind, Body, Spirit online class that I have using psycho-spiritual tools. So all that you can find easily and readily. I really want to take our time today to um, to share with you these thoughts and observations. And typically when I do a solo show, it's a result of a guest not showing up and it's a very impromptu show. Today it's different. I, I have thought with some intention and mindfulness about what I want to discuss with you, had time to take pages of notes to help me stay on track. And so what I want to discuss today has to do with our attitude, our attitude towards life. We get to choose our attitude daily. And often I find it's even moment by moment. What attitude am I in? What way am I positioning my mind in relationship to experiences that I'm having? And we're all, we all find ourselves in, in this place throughout our day. And as I was thinking about the mind as a muscle, 
for me being a former, former fitness instructor, Hey kitty, um, you know, physical health and emotional well-being go hand in hand. There's so many metaphors that are similar and parallels that can be drawn. So we, when we think about our mind and our attitudinal muscles, they are just that. Our attitude, our mindset, they are both muscles that we have to work or not. And just like in the physical body, if you don't do some kind of physical movement, if you don't monitor what you're eating, and if you consume things that are unhealthy, that's going to be the end result of the body that you're inhabiting. And like likewise, our mind, our mindset, we hear a lot about. Our mental attitude, our attitudinal muscles have to do with what we consume visually through the television, social media, auditorily, music, podcasts, and uh, visually, all of that is our our mind consumption. And I'm going to start with this quote by Einstein and then kind of build out from there because it touches upon what I've been observing since 2019 and, and just want to present. So Albert Einstein said that weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. So there's a link between attitudinal weakness and character weakness. And what I've been observing since 2019, going into the election season of 2020 and noticing on social media, like I know many of you have, the very hateful um, posts and statements made by both sides of the aisle politically. And a part of me wanted to put my head in the sand until after the election was over and just hope it ends. Like, oh my gosh, this will be over once we have a new president or the same president. And I was pretty naive there. And I thought that I had voted in a way to usher in some more peace, to usher in some more collaboration. And as I look around, that has not been the case. So I was very disillusioned there in my own naivety. And even having the consciousness and awareness that two political parties sorely underrepresents the diversity of our country, of our culture, of what's important to us. And so I've been doing a lot of reflection since the election on what I believe politically, how I'll vote in the future. And just, you know, as many people say, a change, more diversity, more options. Um, and that's that's not the, the focus of today. My focus has to do with observing this division that I saw in 2019 ramping up to the election. One side is right. One side is wrong. This polarization that causes us to dehumanize others that are of opposite mind, that are not of like mind. And I'm going to glance at my notes as I'm talking today, because I I really took some time to be thoughtful. And, you know, so also fear, you know, when we're judgmental, critical, lashing out, we're reacting either from a sense of fear or conversely, a sense of entitlement. And again, that reflects a mental attitude, a mental positioning about what I believe is also right for you. And I've been guilty of that as well, leading up to election, you know, seeing there needs to be a change and naively thinking that just a president change is going to, you know, make things more amicable between others. And I haven't seen that. I see just as much hatred. I see just as much judgment from the top down, the way that our current president is speaking to people of the United States, 
having to do particularly with COVID and vaccination status and just this mental positioning of hatred and judgment really models for us that it's okay to speak to other people like that. And it's not okay. And that's what concerns me is the way that we're speaking to each other who are different, the way that we are treating others who are different. And I wonder if anyone else is concerned like I am and have been because we have seen in history that when, and let me just find the quote that I wrote, that dehumanizing people through tactics like shaming, blaming, and not respect, respecting their freedom, their difference, to think and question has led to the greatest injustices on our earth, to people, to animals, and to our planet, the environment. And another Einstein quote that speaks to this, where he said, the important thing is not to stop questioning curiosity has its own reason for existing. And so my motivation is to encourage you that in your fear, in your mindset positioning of what is right for you, to open yourself to be willing to consider others and their position, that maybe there is a more collaborative way to approach things. And something that came across the news, I read various news sources. I'm not like a big TV news watcher, but I read different sources each morning. And in in European countries, rapid tests, PCR tests are really readily available and very affordable. And it helps people have gatherings and get together regardless of if they're choosing to be vaccinated or not. It's a way to come together and know you're safe. And in the U.S., do you know that these rapid tests and PCR tests go through the same rigorous testing as a medical device? Is something implanted into your heart or, you know, like a, a stent or something in into your physical body? A test like this is on the same level. And so there's been some... Uh, legislation introduced or about to be introduced to really delineate, you know, testing being regulated in a different way. So it's as accessible as people in Europe able to know if they're COVID positive or not in the moment, and then be able to proceed more with life, with less fear, with more allowance of if you choose, I think it's totally cool and your choice to get the vaccine. If that makes you feel safe, please do it. And if it doesn't make you feel safe, then don't do it. And I think the room to choose is important. Yet what I see being propagated, you know, on the news from our president on down is that there's only one way. And I just don't believe that to be true. And I think we should question more. Even the news sources we're watching, you know, who's I didn't intend to go in this direction. Who's funding that news channel? You know, is there big pharma behind it, for example? Most likely, yes. And just to be, let me pause. Let me pause. So I just, because a lot of what has happened is based on emotional reasoning, and we need to develop our attitudinal muscles beyond just our emotional range. Our emotions, okay, if you think about it, We think up to 70,000 thoughts a day. Science has discovered that. And with, with each thought, there's a connected emotion. So potentially, you're in this wide emotional variance throughout your day and speaking from that place. And our words are simply clothing for our thoughts. 
if you think about that, our words clothe our thoughts and reveal what we believe to be true. What's going on in our brain and our mind and our heart comes out through our words. And it's very revealing. And by exercising these attitudinal muscles and developing them, strengthening them to become more curious, even in the presence of fear, I felt fear too. It's not like I have been unafraid in the last couple of years. Certainly I have felt that and concern for my health and wanting to proceed in a way that regards my feelings and beliefs and those that I care and love in my life and the greater public as well. And It's through regulating our emotions via our words, what we're putting out on social media. I was reminded as I prepared for this show that in June, just a few months ago, June of 2021, Dr. Kim Smith came on. She's a psychologist. She's an expert on how social media and technology affects child and adolescent development. It was a really interesting show because it talks about how kids that were raised just with cell phones and with so much more technology than what I was raised with and maybe you were, that while they're super uh, super brilliant in some ways that that we still might be catching up to technologically, that there's been a toll on their social socialization and their ability to connect with others emotionally and even with themselves, most importantly. And I think that has definitely um, seeing being shown in the adult population as well, because as adults, the barrier of the computer, of the phone to just, you know, be up in the middle of the night by yourself and say whatever you want to even people you know, you know, that you're connected to on social media, friends and family, and say things that you potentially might not ever say to their faces that's hurtful, that's harmful, that creates walls and division, and without taking any responsibility for that. And and that's a problem to me. That's what concerns me the most, is how we're handling our social problems, our health problems, and the way that it's like one way dictating everyone, what they should and should not do. And that's my concern. And my, my, uh, let me see, how did I write this out? My intention, my invitation to you is to be more mindful of yourself. And, and that's speaking to myself as well, like really thinking about, are, am I being motivated by fear? If so, what am I afraid of? And then having that awareness and then, okay, I'm afraid, how can I speak about this in a way that might be connective, that might be curious versus alienating, judgmental, shameful even. And there's always a way, there's always a path, there is always a solution. And it has been said, I am sure you have heard it, the vibration of the solution is different than the vibration of the problem. They are at two different frequencies, literally, that is measured in science in the unit of hertz. Thoughts that are fear-based and angry have a different vibration than those that are collaborative, compassionate, solution-focused, and loving. We see this in our own lives when we are confronted with an issue that causes the fight, flight, or freeze response where we're like triggered or you're held up, or something happens, you know, the bear is coming after you. And our 
autotomic nervous system is on hypervigilance, hyper alert. It's like you fight, you run, you get the hell out of there, or you freeze. And it's like we're doing that in our conversations and in our lives. And I would encourage you, it takes some time for your central nervous system to come back down from that hypervigilant physiological response in our central nervous system. So you might want to not react to someone or reply. You might want to wait and see. And like, I just hate seeing the division between loved ones, families, friends. And that's what I'm speaking to more than anything is like, I invite you to be mindful of remembering that you love the people you've spent all these years cultivating relationships with in your life. And to, to put that love first, to put that we're more similar than different first. It's in so many traditions and so many different ways, whether you're spiritual, religious, philosophical, nature-based, science-based, that there is harmony, there is a resonance of more connectivity and community than there is of division. And we can make a change here and a shift, regardless of what political leaders are doing and saying, we are the people, we are in the majority, and we can affect a change in our communities and our families and our friendship circles and our personal social media. And I invite you to do that, that it's okay to have disagreement. I mean, it's what makes life really rich and diverse and exciting. If we all thought the same, things would be so fucking boring. So it's not about squashing or quelling diversity or difference. It's how we're communicating about it and and pausing to listen, pausing to be curious and like set aside for a moment. That's what empathy is. You kind of step outside of yourself to hear someone else someone else. It's a mental positioning that's different than what you're normally doing throughout your day. And it takes suspending judgment and even your emotions and they're as they're rising up within you, someone in front of you being so different that like you want to punch them. And instead, you know, maybe there's some information when you're having such a strong response to someone, like you want to harm them verbally or physically or shut them down. That's reflecting something unhealed in you, something within yourself to look at. And I know this from my own life experience, from being a therapist and from being a human being, that when I've had these strong reactions, it's like, what is that within me? Is this person able to be in a part of their personality or emotions that I might regulate too much that I'd like to live more into? Or might I need to bridle that part of myself? And when you think of a horse, my sister is a vet. She's an equestrian. She rides horses every week, you know, and when I was younger, I rode horses too. And you put a bridle is on a horse. So you can sit on the horse's back and direct its head through the bridle. And we have to bridle our own, our own words. A bridle goes in the mouth of a horse. It's like a bit that steers their head left and right and such. We need to do that with our own words, bridle our own mouths sometime. And it's something that I'm still learning. I've been on this journey. We're all on this journey. I was talking to a client yesterday about, wow, like being reactive. And I said, look, that's the human journey. We're going to have reactions. We're in a physical, visceral body. It's what you do with those reactions, learning to hold on to them. Let them like, I mean, you can shake, you can run, you can go punch a punching bag, but watch what you say from 
those emotions reverberating within you. And it's learning how to channel that productively, proactively, you know, in ways that bridge communication versus rupture of communication. And I think that's like a big part of our human journey is that that cultivating, again, those attitudinal muscles. I'm going to review my notes here and take a pause. I'm curious what y'all think about this. I'd love an email, Lisa at NOLA Therapy, a podcast review on iTunes, wherever you listen, however, on social media, if you want to reach out. You know, and I want to speak, my intention is to be compassionate as, as well and respectful of your position on all of these topics and kind of modeling a potential way of exploring and continuing to move forward with everything we're dealing with in our country, especially wherever you live, where I'm living and in our world, just kind of having to get creative and, you know, in the presence of change that's unwanted, we tend to constrict and like push against it. And there's been a lot of that. And that's natural at first to, um, to push against change, not want it, be angry about it. And instead, we're at this stage and place where it's time to be curious about change. How do I need to change? What is the invitation to change here? How might I actually become happier, healthier? How might these challenges that I'm perceiving and feeling actually be for me and not against me? These are all things I've been questioning and asking myself. Again, going back to Einstein's quote, that weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. And his admonition to as well, Einstein's admonition, the important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. And there are as many curiosities as there are people on our planet. We are all so unique and diverse. Like, Being a therapist and a Gemini, I'm just so curious about others and myself and how the mind works. And it can be even really fun to sit down with somebody really different from you and and try to understand and feel into why they are the way they are. Even if you don't come around to that point of, okay, I'm going to believe that too. It's not about changing and, and being convinced otherwise, but it's just about like a meeting of the minds with some respect. So I invite you to remember respect, cultivating respect, your own self-awareness, your own ability to self-regulate and respond. Let me make sure I didn't skip over anything that I wanted to share today. Oh my gosh, all these, all these notes. Y'all just take some time to self-reflect and something I do Every night when I lay in bed, it takes just a few seconds, is kind of reflect on my day. Lisa, how'd you do today? How do you feel like you did? Wow, you know, like you handled that well. And that, oh, you know, you could have said that differently. Okay, when there's another opportunity, there always will be. I'd like to say this instead of that. I'd like to text this instead of that. And you just kind of do a mental review. And it can be helpful. So when that next time occurs, because it will, you have a template, you have kind of a remembrance of what worked last time, what didn't work last time, and how you'd like to do it differently. And and lastly, I'm going to end with in the last few minutes about developing attitudinal muscles. It doesn't just happen in the air, out of thin air, just like you don't get really fit unless you tweak what you're eating, what you're consuming, or the output 
the energy, the exercise you're doing, our attitudinal muscles are the same. Our mindset is developed over time and with practice and with like lifting those weights of your mentality. And so some sources that I have, and just to offer you some things, look for tools to strengthen your mental awareness. So A Course in Miracles, I'm holding it up if you're on video, is it's a mind training and it's based upon shifting your mind from perspectives rooted and based in fear to perspectives rooted and based in love. And it might sound simplistic, but it's really deep and it's really like a mind training. There's lessons. I think there might be 365 lessons. You start with one and the first half of the book is like untraining your mind. And it's like learning that what I see is meaningless and repeating these statements like this chair has no meaning. This TV has no meaning. This thought has no meaning. And it gets you to kind of dismantle things, bring them to a place of neutrality. And then as you get to the middle of the book, where it starts to, to introduce topics like you know, what I think about this chair is everything. What I think about this person is everything. What I think about myself is everything. And you start to kind of retrain your mind based upon love. And it talks about, let me just read one of the very first sentences in A Course in Miracles. It's in my book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. A lot of my book is based upon teachings from A Course in Miracles. And this first section, chapter one, Principle of Miracles, it talks about miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. And as you go through this course and this book and use it in your life, you start to respond to people and things from a basis of less fear, more curiosity, more love, and that the real miracle is when you forgive someone instead of judge them, you respond with curiosity and like assuming their innocence instead of their guilt. And so this is one tool to strengthen your attitudinal muscles. Another one, the Master Key System by Charles Hanel. You know, a lot of you that watch this show are students of the law of attraction I mean, the law of attraction is happening. It's like gravity. So if you're aware of it or not, it's still affecting you. And Charles Hanel, Ernest Holmes, The Science of Mind, these are the early writers that studied the science of mind, mind as a science, universal energy that is measured in quantum physics as quanta. I've been studying a lot about metaphysics, books like The Holographic Universe, Michael Talbot. I have another book on quantum physics coming in today. And it's like the more we start to see our, our true connectedness, it's invisible. It's not like this wood table, the computer's on. It's not that blatant, but it can be sensed and perceived through your emotions, through your body. And meditation is one of the greatest tools to access the quantum field, our interconnectedness, this energy that is available to aid and assist us. And that's just something I talk a lot about on this show and, and have guests discussing. And it's important to me to change consciousness one conversation at a time, introduce some thoughts that you might agree with, you might disagree with, take it or leave it. It's your choice. It's your mind. 
it's not my mind, it's your mind. And remember that you are responsible for your mind and how you cultivate it. And be excited about that. Like this shit can be fun to introduce new concepts and and thought paths and paradigms. And it's like, go out there and see what information resonates with you and start learning about it and digest it and consume it and see how that starts to change and affect your life and your relationships. I'm going to leave you with that. I invite you to come and be my client. Uh, join me on social media, being connected there, nolatherapy.com, nolatherapy. All of my love to you. And I look forward to next week with you. Have an awesome weekend. Mwah. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa 